Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, I have the whole crew here, all the physical therapists and strength coaches, except for Mike Scaduto, all of us here doing a special episode on strength and conditioning and program design. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reinhold Show. We're at Champion PT and Performance. Do we, do we have everybody here? Is this everybody? Yeah, Who are you missing? Yeah, oh, Mike, Mike Skidudo is not here. Hair. Typical millennial move. He's he golfing today <laughs> on, uh, on, on a Thursday. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Hope you see this episode. Corinne Paul. I feel like Corinne, come, come say hi. Come say hi. She's on the other side of the wall. She doesn't want to say hi. Everybody but Mike and Corinne are here. So this is kind of the crew of Champion. This is awesome. This is going to take a while. Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, Lenny McCreen, and you know those guys. Nick Esposito, one of our, stri- our strength coaches here. Christy's Mulan, another strength coach with us here. Well, we'll do the students at the end. Kiefer Lammy, strength coach as well, and DeWest Podell. All my friends. Everybody is here. <laughs> so the whole crew is here. For the students, we need extra time because their nicknames are getting longer and longer every episode. But we'll start again down here. Nikhil, Nikhil Shaquille O'Neal Harani from the University of Kentucky. We got Drew Dooby Dooby Dudak. From the University of the Belmont of College of Saints of Belmont. We're good. We're getting better every time. And then Casey and JoJo in the sunshine. Casey, K-Cup, Kevin Coffin from UMass Lowell. What an intro. Power intro. That's too much. We spend the whole... See, when we do these... All right, guys, next episode, we'll see you. We do the whole episode on introductions. I'm claustrophobic. What should we do? All right, next episode, we're going to wear name tags. And you guys will just... You'll just have to watch the video, by the way. I like it, so... This is good. I like it. This is a good crowd. I'm happy. All right, who's going to read first? So we have a special episode. We get brought in the strength coaches because we consolidate a bunch of our strength questions that we get. We've been getting a lot of them kind of consolidated. And we're going to talk a lot about programming today, right, Drew? You got it. That's right. We got it, Drew. We got it. Drew Doobie Doobie Dudek. <laughs> Take right. it away, Doobie Doo. Jake from Louisiana. Do you prefer to have upper and lower body splits, or do you prefer to perform total body training sessions with your clients? I feel I feel like a lot of these questions are going to be like it depends, yeah. <laughs> right? But so, all right. So, what do you guys think? Strength coaches, upper body, lower body splits, or total body? Let's try to get some good input. Who wants to start? Me. Go for it. Go. Oh, Christy. Well, it Ladies first. Nail it, Christy. Um, I well, think it's like. It obviously depends on how many times they have to train, like how many, like what their time constraints are, like what their training schedule is, um, how much time they have to spend in the gym per day, like whether they want to be in here for an hour and a half. You probably do a total body workout if they want forty five minutes. If I can be in here every day, you probably do a split. But yeah, I like so the first factor you think about is their time commitment. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. How about how about goals? How about I'll throw out that. Who wants to maybe Dwesh? You want to hit that? So how how does upper body lower body splits and and the, how how does you how would a goal impact that? Yeah, so I think if I think if a goal is to like attack, you know, so if you want to focus a little bit more on lower body development, 
you know, strength and hypertrophy wise, it might be a good idea to do like a lower body, upper body split. So you can dedicate a little bit more time towards building that. Whereas like full bodies can kind of work like everything upper, lower core, um, you know, energy system, all that kind of combined. So you can definitely choose like a focus and then say like, hey, I'm gonna hit this a little bit harder. Um, and I'm gonna dedicate a little bit more time and effort to developing my legs a little bit more. I like that, so good, good goal-based. Um, Nick, what would you recommend an athlete do? Probably, you know, figure out what sport they're in, where they're at in their season, and then base off what their goals are. You know, if their goal is a baseball player to, you know, gain some weight or increase performance and stuff like that, then we'd probably, you know, base it off um, practice schedule, throwing schedule, all that stuff. So we can probably see anywhere from two-day two day workout or um, two times a week workout during their in-season, maybe three times, then going into like a four-day a week, five-day a week, depending if they're in their off-season they're trying to gain weight. So that's a good point. So with the athletes, it's all about timing, right? So if you're only working out two times a week in season, would you do an upper lower body split? Probably not on that one. I'd probably find them the most that they need done to maintain everything right. and then just make sure we're not making them sore for their performance on the field. Yeah, it becomes, it becomes a little different, but yeah. you kind of, if you did that, you would only be hitting a muscle group once a week. I mean, you know I, would, what I mean, yeah, you can go off like hinge patterns, lunge patterns, knee dominant, hip dominant stuff, push pull. Yeah. And then just kind of accommodate through there. Interesting. Uh, Dewesh, what, what changes with youth? So if, let's say we have a 12-year-old versus like a, an 18-year-old yeah. sport. What, do, you, do you recommend a difference between splits or total body? Yeah, so I mean, if, if I'm getting like a younger athlete, I'm probably going to have them less per week anyways. Right, we don't typically get 12-year-olds that are training five times a week. That's a good point. Um, they're probably here like <laughs> twice a week, so I'm probably going to get like full body workout on both those days. You know, just kind of hammer like some like the big basic movement patterns. Um, just kind of expand on their movement library a little bit, um, and kind of tackle it that way. I love the it. Encyclopedia of Dewey. <laughs> I think too with the young kids, it's important that like their ability to train with intensity is so much lower exactly. that they yeah. can do full body more yeah, days in a week, yeah. and they're not going to get a smoked. Whereas like a college athlete, if they hit a hard lower body session, they're not going to yeah. be able to do the same thing yeah. the next day. So they work better with a split. That's a good point. So I, I don't want to speak out of term, but so for our athletes, a champion, most of our athletes, the older, you know, athletes there, we recommend, you know, four day training sessions so we can intentionally do those splits and they have enough recovery time and they're kind of getting kind of each movement pattern really well. But with the youth, even if they're working out two, three times a week, then we can probably get away with total bodies because their capacity, they're not, they're not doing it. So, uh, Kiefer, what about adults? Would it, how, how do you do adults? I'd say like, general rule of thumb for adults most times if they're training three days a week or less it's going to be a total body workout it might have like more of a focus on one thing versus the other where so one day might be a little bit heavier on the strength end for lower body and a little bit more endurance for upper body but still total body and then once they go over to like four days a week or anything more than that then we split it up because again it gives them more time to recover between sessions nice so tons to think about right yeah. so i think everybody kind of brought up some good stuff on that one right like so their time commitment right their their sport their in-season versus out-season the timing of it their age they're probably their training and their movement age right like you can even put that into it what they should be doing and then you know finally like you know is it you know or you know what's your work capacity or your right. intensity that you're putting into it right there uh lots of good stuff awesome who's next cake up nikhil Let's do this. Sorry. A double that question. was K-Cup. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> double do question. Jason from Berlin asks, how many days per week do you recommend your athletes train? And Sarah from Miami <laughs> asks the same question about adults. Dang it. So we just got to answer <laughs> that right, question. Well, that's the episode. <laughs> this is where, we, this is where we, we don't prep enough right there. So, all right. So let's do it again. So athletes, how many times per week do we recommend? And adults, how many times a week? So 
Chrissy, you've a lot of sports in your life and stuff like that. How about we talk about that instead? What What do you do in college? So collegiate soccer player, high level, elite level. I like that, elite level, right? So she can't brag about herself. But uh, high level soccer player in college, right? How many times a week did you guys you guys train? Man, this is a big question again because it's in season or off season. So off season, what do you guys train in college? Six days a week. So and and how did you how did you do that? What did you do on your days? Like how did you break up six days a week? For the most part, like in in the off season, we're training six days a week, and it's soccer, so we needed to get, like dedicate three days to energy system stuff or playing, um, and then three days a week we're doing full body lifts. Um, but again, it it comes down to like what the strength coach thinks is the most beneficial for us at that time, and that's just what we had like for my freshman year it was a little different as well, but as we kind of developed and kind of got to a point where we knew what we needed to dial in on to like get to the next level we were hammering more strength more speed um and stuff like that because we had the skill work that we needed right and your skill work took over your energy systems right to an extent so that that's a whole nother thing is how do you combine it with that so all right i mean what about like kiefer like so our kids in high school like that are in here like Let's say our upper level kids, they just started maybe specializing in one sport, right? Sure. Or maybe they're, you know, they're playing a fall spring sport and they're using the winter to train. What do we recommend? I would say for those kids it's important that they take the best advantage they can of like their true off season when they're not playing as much. I would prefer that they train three or four days a week. Because you know once they get in season or you know they're more competitive seasons, if they're only gonna get in once, maybe twice a week, because their practice and games take up so much time. So I'm going to make you pick one, three or four. What's it, if it, they said, I'll do whatever you tell me to do? I would do four if it's true off-season. Okay, just um, to give them more. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I suppose it depends a little bit which sport they're playing and how many days a week, like if it's a baseball guy, how many days a week is he throwing and hitting? But if you have an opportunity to really take down time, I would take advantage of it with four. I like it. Okay, good. Nick, how do you, so let's switch to adults now, right? Let's talk about not the 1% or less that actually want to come in here every day, right? Somebody brand new to fitness or something, or maybe they've been just like going to Planet Fitness or something like that on their own. What's the optimal frequency per week to train? For adults, I like three times on that, for that group, that 99%, just because if they have kids, if they've got other commitments, time becomes a really big issue. And then you're spending, you know, you don't want them in, like, you know, they got to drive their kids everywhere. Now it comes to where are they going to find that time to actually come to the gym. So sometimes four or five can be difficult for adults. So we kind of try to gear them up for that three day and maximize their time when they do come to the gym. All right. So compliance, right? Like you're going to, you're going to fall out of this. You want to have them have success, get some wins, right? And if it's inconvenient to come, they're going to just say, well, I'm going to give up. I can't do this. I like that. Um, Dewey, is training once a week for an adult enough? Can you get anything from that? I mean, it's, it's tough to say, right? If they're if they've got like an athletic background, if they're doing other stuff outside of the gym, right? So say they're like an endurance athlete, um, and they're doing enough training for that, and they just want to maintain some level of strength, they might get some sort of benefit out of one. Uh, but if you're talking like that, ninety nine percent again, that want to just get in better shape, one time a week is probably not going to be enough. Probably, you're probably not going to see like the training game. effect, yeah. or it's going to take forever. Yeah, right? if your if your primary goal is what like fat loss or something, you're trying to right, drop right. five to ten pounds. That's one of those things. It's like. Well, one's going to take forever, maybe not even work. Two's, you know, it may work, but it's going to take some time. And you got to, you got to probably do three days a week, and then energy system stuff like on your off days, kind of like what Christy said. So again, it's like I wish there was like a magic number we could just say to answer this question, but it, it so depends. But hopefully, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of the the thought process that goes behind it, right? 
Dan, we talked about this in a past episode, right? But like, how, how many? We I, this is a fascinating tidbit for me. But the concept of of just stretching, right? So we talk a lot about training, like we immediately think it's lifting weights, right? But it's not just mobility. What? Tell us again about that study with mobility. It was, it, the stretching concept. It wasn't necessarily how many days per week. It was like total minutes per week. Yeah. So they looked at a bunch of different variables, and then it was five to ten minutes was that sweet spot of static stretching per week. They also looked at the frequency, and it was funny because five days was optimal. And they looked at seven, it was actually a little less for seven, I don't know why. Um, but five-ish days per week, and then five to 10 total minutes was important. That's crazy, right? So sometimes not doing it every day, right? So, so you know, maybe doing your mobility three to five times a week may be better than doing it seven days a week. It's crazy. And we learned that a lot about even like stretching way back, I don't even remember the year, like let's say mid-90s, but Bill Bandy's like original research on stretching was 30 seconds was a sweet spot, right? 20 seconds was less of an effect, and 40, 50, 60 seconds, it actually got worse. Right, so there is a diminishing return with those those sorts of things. So something to think about, right? So it's not, you know, I, I just thought that was impactful to kind of add to that. So, K Cup. All right, we got Mike from Texas. How do you determine when to perform high rep sets like three by fifteen versus lower rep sets like three by fives? When do you know the person is ready for lower reps? I like that. So manipulating set rep schemes. When do you know how to do that? And that that's realized too for the strength coaches. You guys probably get this, but a lot of our people are PTs and rehab people that do this. And this is like a big concept for us. Like we're such a two to three sets of 10 kind of profession, right? We talk about that all the time. So um, Kiefer, you want to start with that? I mean, so like, you know, you know, ha, you know, obviously you're starting with, you're not going to start training somebody with low reps, right? How do you, I think I, the part of the question I liked with there wasn't necessarily was why do you go low reps? Right? I think we all know low reps have different qualities of muscle development and strength development. I think the, the, the part of the question I liked was when. Sure. You know, so when do you make that determination? Um, I would say, so for most people, I would say we start somewhere in the middle. We start around that three sets of eight, three sets of 10, maybe 12 range. And I think that you start to progress to the lower rep ranges once they stop seeing progress at that rep range. So a lot of people for the first four to six weeks will continue to like make progress. They'll continue to be able to go up in weight or, you know, their soreness after the workout will be less in that rep range. And once you start to see that kind of level out, which is probably four to six weeks in, then you start to like push their boundaries a little bit. So you go down to maybe three sets of six or five, or maybe you go the opposite of the spectrum and you increase the number of reps. So they're putting more challenge on them that way. So I would say it's, you know, once you stop seeing the benefit from that. And then I think the second thing comes into it is like, what are their goals? You know, are you trying, is there a goal to get build like max strength where you want to go down to sets of six or five or three or they you know content with building a little bit of hypertrophy and a little bit of endurance and you want to work upwards in the rep range right so one of the things i've picked up on a lot of adult fitness clients that kind of start too so more on the adult fitness side is they don't understand intent and that's a big word right they don't understand intent so if they're not if they don't know how to apply some max intent or a high level intent with their their reps and you drop it down to five, they're going to they're get nothing out of that because they don't know what that means. That means, heck, you better be pushing that a lot harder, right? So, Christy, you do a lot of our group training here, right? And group training is kind of that world, right, where they're, a lot of it's like Metcon-based and time-based, but sometimes we have, we have sets of reps. How, how do you, like, when you pick a workout that has lower reps, how do you articulate to them the concept of intent and, hey, you got to push yourself a little harder? Like, how, how do you get that message across? I think it comes down to, like, knowing your clients, too. I mean, I work with them enough that I know 
who knows kind of how to push it and who's happy just staying in that higher rep range. And for the most part, we keep it in that higher rep range. And then if I see a couple people that do want to push their strength, maybe instead of a kettlebell deadlift, I'll put out the trap bar for them and we'll get them going, you know, putting some more weight on the bar. Um, but again, I think it's just communicating like this needs to be a higher intensity. And if they're capable of doing that, then I'll give them the freedom to go, you know, try that out. Yeah, if they don't, with you got a like a board, right? You got you got pivot and go backwards. Oh you know, like it's a lot of them are okay with that too. Like they're a lot of them are there for the metabolic benefits. Like they right. think of that as their cardio for the day. They don't right. come in thinking that they're going to hit, you know, max strength in the group fitness class. So they kind of know what to expect. Um, but again, if I have a couple people that do want that, I'll give it to them. Yeah, nice. I think it's a big education process too. Like you know, I do some of the group classes too, and and you get up there and they have sets of six on the workout, and you say, hey, like you're not going to feel like you get something out of this unless you increase your weight a little bit. They understand that like the, the purpose of it is to use a little bit more weight for each rep to be more challenging versus to make it this long, grueling set. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, and you know, the, the, just the whole concept of if you just did five reps and you feel like you didn't do anything, something went wrong. And you need more, more weight or more reps in there. And in the PT world, we've talked about this in, on past episodes too, but in the PT world, man, they are either so deconditioned or so weak or maybe neuromechanical, mechanical, um, uh, inhibited somehow where there's some inhibited fourth episode. Should I be worried about something? That's a t-shirts. If anyone can design t-shirts, neurobiomechanical, that would be really cool. But um, I, I, like in our world, they're they're probably more inhibited than weak a lot of times, right? So it's we can linear periodize people for 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 weeks and weeks and weeks, right? Like we can just keep going, keep going. So Keeper said, you know, in four to six weeks, you know, once you've kind of maxed that linear kind of progression, you can change. I would, I would say a lot of the rehab people could do that for months. I would say a lot of unfit adults could linear periodize probably, for a month yeah. and just keep adding load to the bar over and over and over again. So that's probably another good variable that I kind of thought of while you guys were talking was that it's probably also training age, yeah. right? So with training age, you probably want to do that faster, you know, you know, that time of thing. So again, to the answer to the question as to when depends on a lot of these factors. So you got more? That was it? Man, time flies when there's 20 of us in the room, right? <laughs> that is crazy. Awesome. Great episode. Good strength and conditioning questions. Again, head to MikeRinald.com. Click on that podcast link and fill out the form. You can ask us questions. More great strength and conditioning questions. Anything you guys want to talk about, how Dan and Kiefer manage their beards in the mornings. We can talk about that. And Skadoodle, how, how does Skadoodle always have a 5 o'clock shadow? <laughs> always. He's not here, so we can we can do it. He's the only clinician not here, but awesome. Anyway, thank you so much. See you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.